No matter who you are, things in your life probably aren't going as expected, whatever that means. But the things you are doing right now, no matter what they are, that's your life. It's not a plan B. I'm your host, Madeline Mortensen, and you're listening to This Is Not A Backup Plan. Good morning. Welcome back to This Is Not A Backup Plan. I'm so glad that you're here. I hope that September has been treating you well. I hope that you had a fun or a restful Labor Day. I went and visited one of my friends in St. Louis. I have a friend going to law school there. I've visited her a few times now, and St. Louis is such a cool city. It has so many fun things to do. She lives by a really cool park where the World Fair was hosted, and in this park, they have an art museum and a history museum and a zoo that are all free. So I went and did all of those things this weekend, and it's just really cool. They're really, really, really good museums. It's a good zoo and they're just public utilities. Anyone can use them and enjoy them. And I just think that's beautiful. And I I love the idea of having more just really cool free spaces that let anyone in a community enjoy something like that. We also went to a bookstore that I fell in love with on TikTok called The Novel Neighbor. And the booksellers on their TikTok give such good reviews. So I was so excited to go there and pick out a few books. I'm reading a really, really sweet one called The Seven Year Slip right now. I'm about a third of the way in and I'm I'm just very excited about it. So it's been a good week and honestly, just like a little busy too. Like the week before Labor Day at work was very busy. And so then having a holiday was so nice, but I came to work on Tuesday and I was like, I actually, I actually need a Monday this week too. I'm so behind. So I'm really hoping that with a little bit of luck, I'll maybe get like caught up next week. Okay, guys, I am so excited for this week's guest. It's Liz Reyes of Souls, which is a very awesome shoe company. I have loved my Souls for so long. I got a pair last year in February. I am not joking. I wore them probably every day until at least September. And I will say that um, they're very high quality shoes, but if you wear them every day for six months and you never condition the leather, they will crack. And so this year I got smart. I bought two pairs so that I could wear them every day, but take breaks and condition the leather. And they've been doing really well. I love my shoes from Soles, and I am so excited for you to hear about the backstory of Soles. Liz has a really cool story about what led her to starting this business and all the cool things her business is doing. So I hope you enjoy. All right, Liz, thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to have you here. Will you just briefly introduce yourself to get started? Yes, thank you for having me. My name's Liz Reyes. I am one of the founders and owner of Soul Shoes. We make handcrafted leather shoes for women. They're all handmade in Mexico. So today we're talking kind of about like your ambition journey, what you imagined your career would be like, kind of what your hopes and dreams are, maybe some of the ways they like you fulfilled them, maybe some of the ways they've differed or some of the ways they've exceeded your expectations. Are you someone that like imagined owning a business? Were you like a kid who's like, I want to have a lemonade stand or I'm going to sell these things to my neighbors? Was that something that interested you as a kid or did it come later? Honestly, yes and no. 
Like I didn't know that this is what I was going to do, but like looking back at it, I feel like I, this is going to sound so cheesy, but it almost runs in my blood. Like my dad is an entrepreneur. He has his own plumbing business. He's also had several businesses before, but yeah, I think I was just, I'm the youngest of four kids. But a funny story is that my oldest brother, he's eight years older. So my auntie lived with us for a little bit and she's a really great baker When she came to live with us from Mexico, she would make donuts. We lived in an apartment complex, and then she would just sell it to all of our neighbors. And one time, my oldest brother had the genius idea that him and I could make these donuts. I was like eight years old, but that him and I could make these donuts and sell them, and then we could keep the money. And let me tell you, they were terrible donuts. They didn't rise. They tasted so bad. But our poor neighbors thought they were the donuts that my auntie made. And so they bought them thinking they were the same donuts. Anyway, so we've had several little things like that. And then when I was like, maybe 12, another similar, I think my oldest brother is just basically the one that made me an entrepreneur. But the same brother was trying to make money for, I don't, I actually don't even know. I think like football camp or something. I don't remember. But he also had the genius idea that we could make cookies and sell them to our neighbors. Uh, and he was like all about it. He was super stoked, but I was the one that had to make the cookies. <laughs> so I made a bunch of cookies and we like handed out flyers. Looking back, I've had several stories like that since I was a kid where we would like make cookies or like donuts or things like that, where I would sell to my neighbors or like somehow always make money. And I think those were like the early days, but it wasn't ever like a conscious, oh yeah, I'm going to be a business owner. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What types of careers were you considering? Some people I know imagine stuff when they're little, some people like high school and they're like, okay, got to start having a plan. What was it like for you and what kind of careers were you imagining? Yeah, I think my life and story is just a little bit unique and different because I am a first generation immigrant. And so a lot of even in high school and like going to college, it was just trying to get through it. So it wasn't like I was in high school and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a doctor or whatever. Uh, because we were honestly just trying to survive at that point. But we were lucky enough that we were zoned for a neighborhood that had that went to high school in a wealthy area. And so a lot of the kids I went with did become doctors and lawyers and those kind of things. And so it actually helped me kind of start to see myself in a different light. And so when I did go to college, I actually started as a pre-med major, um, which is funny now because I never even liked biology or any of the sciences. Um, But I started as a pre-med major and then I switched to engineering And then somehow I made it back to business. And so I graduated with a business degree and I thought I was going to do marketing, like a marketing agency, like traditional marketing stuff or finance, because that's what my oldest brother and sister were doing at the time. I worked for companies and I actually ended up, so this isn't my first business. Out of college, I did a marketing agency with a friend. So that was where I was headed if that answers your question. So I thought I was going to be a doctor. Then I thought I was going to be an engineer. And then I thought I was going to be like a marketing agent. So I've been through several different things. That's really cool. And I just feel like the marketing is so key because no matter what your small business is, that 
I don't know, maybe this is an exaggeration, but feels like what 95% of having a small business is marketing. So that is a really cool field of study to have and get to apply to your business. It's funny because I feel like life just has a way of working itself out. And I feel like I'm a pretty naturally creative person. I love creating things, designing things. And I always have, I've always been an out of the box thinker. Like me and my sister are complete opposites. We started this together, but she's so type A planner needs to have everything nine to five planned. And I'm the complete opposite. If I have a plan, it actually gives me anxiety. And so I have to be able to create and do whatever I want with like free space. And so I feel like marketing is a good way to channel that creativity. And so it's worked out really well. I love marketing because it's so abstract at the same time so that like you have so many ways that you can do things and strategize. And anyway, it's my favorite part of owning a business. And I actually think what you said like is very cool. Like you're someone with anxiety with a plan because while you do need to do some planning and marketing, just because you create an outline doesn't mean you have to get to the destination a specific way. So even as you're creating an outline, like you have freedom and how you're going to accomplish some of those goals. Uh, a really big part of our business is our social media strategy. And so we will do planning for months and months in advance like high level planning. And then we get down to like monthly planning and weekly planning. So there is a lot of planning involved where I just said, I hate planning, but it's necessary. And so we plan a lot with strategy, but especially with our content creators and people that work on social media or content, I mostly just try to give them a specific point. Oh, today you're going to do like an educational video on our product. And then I'd give them that freedom of you can do that however you want kind of thing. So we're still getting things done that need to be done, but there's room for creativity. That's really awesome. So let's just go back for a minute and let's talk about like how Souls came to be. Like where did the idea come from and what did that beginning look like? I usually tell people a few things. When I was 22, I believe, when I was 22, I served a mission for my church, the LDS church. Um, and I gained a lot of weight because I was stateside and I was Spanish speaking and Hispanic people love to show their love with food. And so we were eating like five meals a day because everyone loved feeding us. And so I gained a lot of weight. So coming home, I didn't want to shop for pants because it was like this whole thing that I was a whole different size. And I feel like there was, there's so much like fueled and charged emotions when you have to change sizes or even just shopping for pants that don't fit or anything like that. I've been in a fitting room where I think I'm one size and I'm not, and it's really emotional almost. And that's a whole other thing we can dig into. But the point was that shoes were like the one thing I enjoyed shopping for. And it was like, I know my size. I'm not going to be disappointed if a shoe doesn't fit right. Like I'll just buy a different one. And so my initial thought was that was like, oh, women probably have this issue where it's emotionally draining to shop for clothing that especially sometimes doesn't fit. But shoes are a very constant part of our life. And for the most part, we're the same size once you're like an adult, right? And so that was my initial thought. And then I approached my dad because my dad, both of my parents are Mexican, grew up in Mexico. I was born in Mexico, but my dad is very savvy on where things are at. And so I approached my dad and I asked 
if we could find people that made the wet etches because I had a pair that I was wearing every day. And so we had to do a little backtracking. We found the person that sold it to us in like the market in Mexico City. And he was like, oh yeah, my uncle and cousins make it in Michoacan. And so we had to trace it back to who was making the shoes. That first family we met, it was very much like a Coco situation in the movie where it's uncles and cousins and everyone's just involved and it's a family affair and it's generations of it. And so the issue they were running into though was that they would make these shoes with obviously the cheapest materials they could find and they would send it to tourist areas to be sold. Mm -hmm. But if tourism was down or the weather was bad, they weren't making money. And so we were like, okay, if we buy the materials, if we do our own thing, you partner with us, you'll have a nine to five job that you can count on. So you don't have to count on tourism, whether it's like up or down or whatever. Um, So that was the first family we approached. Um, I think there were six of them. Now we partner with over 45 artists and families and counting. And Yeah. I mean, that's honestly the lifeblood of our company, Mexico side. Like we love our artisans. We want them to have fair wages. We want them to be treated fairly. And on the American customer side, we also want our customers to feel like they can wear our shoes and feel comfortable enough that they can do anything, wear it with anything, go anywhere and not have to worry about whether their shoes fit or not. And I will say to your point about the like shoes being a constant, I love mine because for some reason, I feel like my body has been more swollen this summer than before. There was a cooler day and I went went to put on like a pair of shoes I'd been wearing in the winter and something was wrong. I'm like, I can't wear these. And so I also love that like my soles like fit no matter what, like they just like they, they can adjust in a way my other shoes can't. And so I like strong testimonial that they are a really great pair of (laughs) shoes to have. Yeah. And that's because we use real leather. So that's another thing that we do. Like we have a lot of women that get pregnant or are pregnant and they'll like DM us and be like, oh my gosh, this is the only pair that still fits me because my feet get swollen and leather stretches with you as you grow. And so anyway, so yeah, that was another aspect when we were thinking about the materials as well. I love that so much. So how does it feel like you were talking about like the one family you started partnering with and how much that has grown and that's not the only thing in your business that, that has grown. That The reason that's grown is because of all the other things that has grown. How has it felt watching all of this happen? Obviously amazing and I love it. I When I talk about our artisans, I cry a lot because it's very close to home. Obviously growing up in Mexico and then growing up in the States. And I just have a special place in my heart for these people um, because I see my parents and my grandparents in them. And I just want them to have the same opportunities that I've had to progress and to build their own businesses and to make sure their kids go to college and stuff like that. And I will say being an entrepreneur is really hard and I want to quit at least three times a week. But a lot of the time I don't because I think of the artisans and it's really special on that end. It's also really awesome to know that we have a community of women that love and support us and that are like-minded and that will essentially follow us no matter what we come up with and that they're like, they trust us essentially. They trust us to bring shoes to them that they will love and feel comfortable in. 
And I'm just thinking about this. Having options is so powerful for people. And so being able to support artisans and to widen the options for families who may be able to choose not to immigrate or if they choose to have immigrate, have more resources, that must be a very powerful thing to get to provide as well. It's so interesting because we work with different families too. And so some families have been doing it for generations, other families, maybe it's just like the second or third generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the families we actually work with, their kids have been in college and they're like, their intent is to come back and build the business even stronger. And so it's really awesome because they do have that option where they don't have to immigrate. They don't have to do all these other things to be successful. Like they can be successful in different ways. And so it's like empowering to see that and how that's changed them. What do you feel are some of the ways your company has shifted your perspectives on maybe success or ambition or maybe changed some of your goals that you have for yourself? I think success specifically is so ambiguous because I feel like everyone has a different definition. For us, it's whether we keep our artisans employed, how much we're paying them, whether it's fair wages, and if our customers love our product. Everyone loves to chase numbers. Obviously, that's what business is. But at the end of the day, I think for us, it's like as long as we are like constantly making our current customer base happy, then that's what we're happy with. And ambition-wise, also, I feel like that's different. I feel like personally, what's made me ambitious is the same thing that fuels the business, right? It's I want to be able to essentially provide more opportunities for more families in Mexico. And so we've started to work in different cities and started to do different projects and different types of shoes. And what's unique about Mexico is that it's regional. Each region focuses on different things. And so the region we're in right now is all handcrafted woven. There's another region that does close-toed boots, another region that does cowboy boots and other things. And my the what fuels my ambition is being able to provide these opportunities for all these other families as far as the business goes and also being able to provide jobs here as well. Every time I hire someone new on our team, like my goal is that they feel like this is just as much theirs as mine and that they feel like once they do leave that they can do their own thing and that they're empowered and that they've learned cool. It just must be, like you said, the community, like whether it's the artisans, whether it's the people who are buying your products, like these are people from different places that like would not be brought together were it not for the business that you have. And that's a really powerful thing. Yeah. Thank you. So I want to switch gears just a little bit because like you recently made a really big move. And I think that like also fits in the topic that we're talking about, like how our goals or our ambitions change. And so can you tell me a little bit about how, like why that was a decision that you wanted to make and what led you to feeling like that was the next step for you? So I recently moved to Boston. It was honestly totally unexpected and not planned. Again, this is my not planning things. So I grew up in Utah for the most part, and I grew up LDS Mormon. And I thought I was going to get married at like 20 years old. (laughs) And obviously I didn't. And I think that was, uh, and then obviously, and then I served a mission and I came back and then I was in a relationship and obviously it didn't work out. And there was just so many changes in my life between 25 to 30, where I realized that I was like, okay, so life isn't turning out as I thought it was going to when I was younger. And part of that, like I started Souls when I was like 27 and 
it honestly has been such a blessing because it's saved me multiple times where like it saved me through like depression and anxiety and other things. And it's kept me going because it's given me purpose. And I, at 30, I turned 30 and I was in Utah and I was like, you know what? I feel like my life is in a very different spot than I thought it was going to be. And I just emotionally and spiritually felt like I had outgrown Utah and because I also grew up there and I felt like I had a lot of things to figure out for myself and my family's in Utah and I love my family. I'm really close to them. Um, but I felt like I needed to go away because I didn't go away in college. I was still in Utah downtown. I went to the U and so I was still around family all the time. And even on the mission, I think I was, you're on a mission, so it's a little bit different, but I just felt like I needed some space uh, of my own to figure things out for myself, like what I believed, why I believed it, who I wanted to be. And I felt like this ne- next decade was like me trying to figure that out. And so my thought, my initial thought was going to Atlanta, actually, because we are starting to do wholesaling and there are some wholesale shows in Atlanta. But I, then I started telling people about Atlanta and everyone hated that idea because they were like, well, it's not hot Atlanta for nothing. And I was like, oh my gosh, they made it sound like I was going to melt. And my brother randomly was like, why don't you try Boston? My sister-in-law is from Boston, but I had never been myself. And I was like, you know what? I don't know. Maybe I should. So I packed up my car and I booked a place for a month in Boston and a month in Atlanta to see which one I liked more. And I fell in love with Boston. I instantly loved it. And then I went down to Atlanta and I hated it. So (laughs) I came back up to Boston and it's been really healing for me to be here just because there's something to people not even knowing who I am because I get to choose who I am to them. Where in Utah, I feel like growing up there, everyone subconsciously might have an expectation of who I am or who they want me to be in their own minds. And so it's been so good for me to be in Boston and make new connections because they don't have that history or preconceived notion of who I should be. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. What do you feel like you touched on this, but just what have been just a few favorites of making a new place home? I am a huge food person. I love food. And I think that's one of my favorite things about Boston is that there's so many options. And so it's part of the me time I do is I'll go downtown and find a new restaurant by myself and I spend time on my own. So I think that's been really good. And also just challenging myself and putting myself in a whole new, literally city and something, trying things that are a little bit uncomfortable for me so that I can grow. But yeah, I think I love that. Also, I love the humidity here, which is so different because Utah is not at all. (laughs) No, it's not. What then do you feel like some of the are some of the challenges that you're navigating, some of the things that you're trying to figure out or adjust to? I think, and I this is probably universal, but like how to make friends in your 30s. Like when you're in school, it's super easy to do because you're obviously in school with people. How to make friends. Also how to find a business community here. I feel like I'm pretty well connected in Utah for the most part, um, especially after several years of working there. But I think that's been challenging. And Yeah, I think, yeah, just like figuring out how to make friends, figuring out a new life, how things work here. It's very different than Utah. And then just figuring out like a business community here as well. 
And then I was wondering, because you've went through all these things in the past two years as you've been figuring out your business, you've been hiring people, and that's like a very specific skill. You had to work backward to find these networks of families that you could start with. You've been doing just all these different things. Are there things you learned about yourself or just like practical things that you figured out that maybe you've been applying as you've been trying to figure out a new situation, whether consciously or subconsciously? Yeah, that's a good question. I do think I've been more conscious of myself as I get older too and my habits and what I do. A big thing I do, I feel a business owner and as a boss, I I feel like I if someone isn't performing well at their job, I take that personally because I feel like it's on me. Maybe I didn't train them well enough or maybe I didn't do that. And so I do that and I dig into that and why do I feel that? So that's a big one that I'm trying to figure out. Another one that I've learned about myself is that I love new challenges. Like I love new things. And obviously moving was a big one, but I love new challenges. I live off adrenaline almost. And so with our business, there's a lot of adrenaline, a lot going on. And I love that. I love that there's always something happening. It's a little chaotic. And I tell everyone when they start with us, it's a little bit of chaos, but it's a fun chaos. But I've also learned that I need to be more organized. And I've talked about this several times because it's one thing that I'm really working on right now is like trying to be more organized as far as just like my scheduling and everything, like when we're talking about strategy and all these other things. So I think that's one skill that I'm really trying to hone in on as well. I love that. And I feel like knowing that you like challenges or knowing that you can figure out challenges is always useful in new phases of life. Even if it's not the same thing you're navigating, knowing I figured out something hard. What did I use to do that? And to remind yourself that like, this is not the first hard thing. Is there anything that's come to mind as we've been chatting that you haven't had a chance to share? No, not really. I feel like I've talked a lot. Awesome. (laughs) Do you want to tell, do you want to tell people where they can find you and find your shoes on the internet? Yeah, it's shopsouls.com. That is our handle and as well on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere else, TikTok. And our website is just shopsouls.com. And so I will say, I said earlier how much I liked them, but like I had tourist pairs that I had gotten of Arachas that like I loved and I just wore out so fast because the material wasn't great. So I got a pair last year in like the end of February. I'm not kidding. I wore it almost every day for six months. And because of that, I could never bear to put leather conditioner on them because then I wouldn't be able to wear them the next day. And I I just couldn't bear that. So (laughs) that's not how to treat them. Like I can give the testimonial, do not wear them every day for six months and not condition them because they were sad. One of them cracked on the inside, one of them cracked. So I bought myself two pairs this year. I've been wearing them almost every day, but I've been rotating. I've been conditioning them because (laughs) I, I do love them dearly. They are so wonderful. I love that. Thank you. And honestly, this is part of why I love what I do because we've obviously you found us through souls and I just that's this is the the exact community I'm talking about. It's real people and people doing things and like doing their own uh, having their own ambitions as well. And we're all about that. We're all about girl power. So our whole team has girls as well. So (laughs) I love that. But yes, my souls have um, been with me on many important things and I love them dearly. And I have just had so much fun learning about you and the business. So thank you for joining me. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day. 
Thank you so much for joining me and thank you so much, Liz, for your time. I'm so glad that we could have this conversation and I could learn more about your business. If you are enjoying listening to the podcast, please rate and review on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. If there's an option to rate and review, please do it. It helps others find the podcast. You can find this podcast on Instagram at notabackupplan. You can email me, madelineK at gmail.com. If you have feedback that you want to share or guest ideas, I'd love to hear from you. I'm excited for our next episode too. I interviewed someone who is very special to me and I can't wait for you to hear her story. And in the meantime, remember this is your life. It's not a plan B. Bye.